0: So the goal of everything I told you here is, you know, don't try to feel like if you don't do it, it won't get done right, because that may be true, but these steps will help prevent some of that from happening. Hi, welcome to another episode of Bhaktari MD. This season, we're doing Crash CEO School, where we go over skills and strategies to help you become a better leader, better manager, and be more effective in your organization. We've done a lot of topics this season uh, on leadership and how to grow an organization, and we've covered broad topics up until now. But often the questions I get when when people watch some of these podcasts are very specific. Like, okay, give me an example of that or give me an example of this. And also I've been fortunate enough to be a guest on many, many other of other people's podcasts. And I find that I get questioned a lot about specific strategies on how to accomplish some of the things we talk about. So what I thought I would do today is talk about ways to delegate authority, but be very granular and specific and not speak at a high level. So what I want to call this topic or this uh, podcast is three hacks on how to effectively delegate your authority to senior staff and others. So how to delegate effectively. And in very very specific manners. So I mean it's just you know to say broadly try to delegate so you can work on bigger topics. We get that. But how how are what are some ways that we can actually do that to delegate authority and still have control but not be in the weeds of every department and every decision. So I'm going to tell you the three hacks that have worked for me the most in my career that I have found to be effective in a bi-directional sort of way because it's effective, I think, when you're delegating authority, and I think it's effective to the person you are delegating work or authority to because it's done in a manner that gives them a lot of confidence and shows them respect and shows them that there is a partnership and that while you may be dumping work on them, so so to speak. That's not the real goal. The goal is for you to let go some work so you can hopefully take on additional work, maybe on a different level. So it is this sort of uh, binary relationship where there is some trust and respect. And the things that I'm going to talk about, the three hacks that I have found to be the most effective in delegating work or authority to others, is one that does both. Meaning, it actually does allow you to dump work on other people uh, in a way that allows you to pick up other work, uh, but it also does it in a way where they feel like you're not just dumping work on them, but that you are actually you're creating a zone defense, as it were, right? Where they cover one area, you cover another, and so it's much more of a partnership rather than. Just dumping work so you know you can leave early or or whatever else. So, so we're going to go over this and some of these hacks apply more to companies in the small to medium size because as the number grows, some of these may not be possible or may not be possible on a broad level. But even then, if you maintain these hacks with the three, four, five, six senior People that are right beneath you, it may work. So, I'm going to argue that while it may be more tailor made for a smaller to medium sized company, even in a larger company, if you have little pockets of leadership, that these strategies may be effective. Okay. So, hack number one is learn to do every job yourself first. And let me tell you what I mean by that. It is possible, especially in a small to medium sized company, for you to Learn different departments and different jobs, um, whether it's doing inventory, answering the phones, especially early on, because this allows you to first understand what these departments and jobs entail. And it may not be the best use of your time initially, but long term, I'm going to argue that's going to pay dividends. So I'll give you an example. Very early on in one of our companies, when there was only 5, 10 of us, you know, we had a couple of people dedicated to answering the phone. But what I tried to do is I actually tried to answer the phone first, right? And pretend I was the receptionist because one, I wanted to understand what the questions that were coming in and how people were responding to our business. Uh, but also it set a good example for others to say, oh, well, you know, he 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 or she is not above doing this or doing that. So the the benefits were, were um, multifactorial because you can learn so much about a department or a division. You can also come up with strategies to improve and fix things and understand the pain points. So whether it's answering the phones, whether it's doing inventory, whether it's placing the order, whether it's... Managing vendors or what have you. If you take some extra time the first year or two in an organization and literally go into all those departments, maybe for a week even, and literally do it, like do the job, right? That will give you a lot of insight. One, also, when that department struggles or has issues, you will not just be an outsider looking in, you will have somewhat of an insider track on it. And going then to delegating i think it becomes a lot easier to speak to people about you asking them to take on certain tasks or certain duties if you yourself have had a taste of it right so when you tell someone oh you know what when when you answer the phone make sure you always do x y and z or make sure you do this or when you do inventory make sure your department does that trying to give people work when they have a sense that you have no idea, you know, what you're asking them to do, um, often doesn't play as well as if they have a sense that, oh, so yes, what you're asking may be a lot, but, you know, you you know, you have a sense for what it is. So you're just not randomly creating work. So I know this is of a, a generic strategy, but often, understanding what different departments are going through different people different senior leaders uh, even if it means you know sitting on meetings with them uh, a few times I actually went to conferences that were very uh, pertain to small subdivisions of the company but allowed me to see the the issues that that department was dealing with so trying to do every job is a metaphor for trying to, at least early on in the company's growth, to be involved and understand and literally do some of the work. Um, if, if Of course, if you can do it, but later on, you're going to hopefully not have to do it, but you'll be able to manage people and delegate and, and ask them to do things from a position of having at least done it somewhat, it maybe a, a lot. So, Kind of doing every job is really, really important. Now, one of the byproducts of doing that is also sends a signal that you know you are not above this or that; that we're all in a, we're all a team. And also, if you're going to ask other people to sometimes step out of their lane and take take on other duties, that's not necessarily in their job description. The fact that you are prepared to take out the trash, you know, uh, fix the fax machine, the scanner, whatever, or do whatever it takes, I think sends that message that we're all in the same team. And I think that is also part of the building, the culture of trust and mutual respect. So doing every job. Okay. Today, we have a bulletproof system that helps us close up to 80% of those inbound calls. Our High Converting Call Class will teach you how to demonstrate your authority quickly without being pushy. We believe that many businesses out there can benefit from this, and we promise to help you achieve your revenue goals by converting more of your incoming calls into actual sales. For more information, please visit our website at highconvertingcallclass.com. Stop waiting for the sales to come to you your revenue into your hands. The second hack is very, very specific. And that is especially from your senior people to get an end of day report. Now we created this a very long, created this long time ago. And it's a very unique process where you have your senior leaders at the end of the day send you a report. And that report is supposed to be very brief. And it's supposed to be not in a pro style, maybe in a bullet point style, of things that happened or that they were able to address or issues they had um, in a way that would allow you to understand what their day was all about. Now, this has tremendous benefits because often what I found before I used to do an end-of-day report is I have to remember, oh, I got to ask Susie how that meeting went or I have to ask Bill, uh, if he was ever able to get a hold of Fred, uh, you know, one of our vendors or one of our clients. And again, if if an end-of-day report is done correctly, it will actually save you and the person time from having to discuss that issue. Now, what's tricky about the end-of-day report is you don't want every little minutia there. You want things that are material, material. And that often takes a while to navigate and get both parties to understand what things you want there, right? So you don't want to know, oh, um, you know, the computer shut down, so I had to reboot it. I mean, who cares? You do want to know if a client that you've been waiting for got back to you and they're going to move ahead with the contract, or uh, you want to find out if, uh, you know, a a certain person, you know, paid their bill uh, that you've been waiting for. Things that and the way I would filter it is, you know, would would the person you're sending the end of day report want to know that piece of information? Now, there's so many benefits of that end of day report. The end of day report allows you to then take that information that they're giving you and maybe you know use it somewhere else. Now, now that you have it, otherwise, the only other way to do it is. You know, by the end of the day or the next day, like literally by happenstance, just hey, by the way, Bill, what happened to this? What happened to that? Or what's going on with this? What's going on with that? And I think that's what really happens in most companies, that they have to have this sort of, you know, um, talk at the water cooler. Metaphorically, just to get caught up on. Oh, so did that ever client get back to you? Did they ever sign their contract? Did they ever, uh, you know, give us that refund? Or um, how long did you find find out how long that contract is good for? So, rather than having a hundred mini conversations in the next twenty four hours, if you can get all of that data back, you may have never have to talk about it again. So, I have found that the end of day report is a great way to delegate authority to someone, but get the information back. So often because people often want to do the task themselves because they want to know the results. They want to get the final outcome. They want to have a say in it. But if you can develop a relationship with your senior staff where they send you an end to day report in a meaningful way, meaning you know you don't want to have them write you a novel uh, and it can't be, you know, an hour's worth of work every day. But if there was a way they can concisely tell you the big deal points of that day that they think you would want to know, uh, that is going to make your relationship with that person a lot stronger. When you first ask someone to send you an end-of-day report, it actually sounds kind of like it's below – someone to send you an end-to-day report because what you're just checking on them. You don't trust them. But if you can get past that and say, no, it has nothing to do with trust. It has nothing to do with um, holding you accountable. It has more to do with me getting the information back so I can use the information. And also, I cannot bother you and say something as, hey, did they ever get back to you? Did they ever sign the contract? Did they ever do this? You're actually saving them. So done correctly, it saves both parties a lot of time. So the third hack, and this is really a hack, is get, if possible, a copy of every ingoing and outgoing email of the senior people in your group. Now, let me preface that. First, obviously, you want to ask permission. You want to make sure these are all work-related. You don't want to access anyone's personal emails. Uh, And so if you have the kind of organization where their email box is confined to just um, their professional emails and you, of course, convey that. And the goal, of course, is of getting a copy of every email that goes in and every email that goes out is often, in real time, you can see an email that came in to one of the people you're mentoring or one of your senior leaders, and before they respond, you may be able to interject and say, hey, Susie, I know you just got an email from our one of our biggest clients and he seems to be complaining about X, Y, and Z. You know, I think this is the way we should handle it because I've been there before, right? So it goes to some of this mentoring that we've talked about and advice and having the more satellite picture. But also when incoming mail comes in, right, that that you you may know that someone relatively new in the job is not going to be able to handle you know what's being asked of them in that email and then you can offer to help because if you don't see it what happens is the the person responds to the email incorrectly and then they respond and by the time it comes to you it's a big mess so if there's an opportunity for you, jump in and and fix it before it blows up before the wrong response is given right? So I've seen emails where, you know, a client says, hey, by the way, we need this kind of service. Do you guys do that? And again, some, maybe a junior person that's new on the job may respond, no, we don't do that, when in fact we do do that, but it's not something that they were privy to or what have you. So you can think of all sorts of different circumstances where someone responding to an email, not having, you know, not being in every department, not understanding the goals of every department, or some of the things that they're just not privy to, yet they're forced to respond. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you, you got a disgruntled whatever. And even that, if you can mentor someone in how to best handle or manage those kind of emails. So the, the this idea of getting a copy of every ingoing and outgoing email is something that you need to be upfront and discuss the pros and cons of it. And you have to make sure there's no personal emails, uh, you know, going through through that because obviously you, you certainly don't have a right or want to see any of that. Um, but in, in most organizations that there's a clear separation between work and non-work emails, uh, that's been very, very helpful. Now, the flip side of it is your time, right? So if Obviously, if you have 8,000 employees and you want to see all their emails flying back and forth, that's just not going to work. So you will have to pick and choose the group of senior people that you think you can have an impact by giving your input in how they should respond to emails, how they should formulate different different things that come up in the email exchanges, uh, and also sometimes you, you may alert them to, hey, you know, there's this email that you wrote that you can't solve this problem when, in fact, you know, I have a solution that might be able to help you. So you don't want to give yourself tremendous amount of work. But if done right, it goes, it's almost like the end-of-day report. If done right, you're going to be reading a lot of emails and you're going to be reading a lot of end-of-day reports. But if done correctly, that will actually save you a multiple of hours for every hour you spent on it. Um, this is something that you really have to uh, logically think through based on your organization and see if it makes sense in your organization to do that. Again, so just pick and choose the senior people that you want to have input to how they respond and the information they get. Um, And I have been shocked by the amount of um, good things that have happened by us being able to see what's going on in real time and pivoting quickly and adjusting. So so those are the three hacks, uh, do every job, the end of the day report, and a copy of uh, senior people's emails as they're going back and forth with all the proviso that we talked about. Okay, I hope that's helpful. I hope that gives you three good hacks that allows you to delegate work and delegate responsibility But I'm going to argue, but still having your hand in the pie where you can have an impact if it's not going exactly like you would have done it, right? So the goal of everything I told you here is, you know, don't try to feel like if you don't do it, it won't get done right, because that may be true, but these steps will help prevent some of that from happening. Okay, so thank you so much for watching. If you like this kind of content, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.